0: The. Okay. Okay. to be with you this morning. Yeah morning everybody. Yay. Uh, I had a quick look at the phone before coming on and I could see lots of people watching and commenting and it's so nice quite quickly we feel really connected to you so we know you're there even though we can't see you and uh, I know that together we're going to have a blessed morning this morning. Amen. Amen. So I'll
1: just pray and we'll open the meeting. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you for our amazing faith life family yes. who who we love so much. Yeah. And Lord, I pray that right today that you will just deepen our knowledge of you, that you will call us to yourself, that you will show us and reveal your heart, and that, that we would be a people wholly devoted to you. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So we've just got a few notices for you this morning, not too many, as usual the notices are going out on email, if there's anything that we need to get to you please keep an eye on emails coming out and we'll send them uh, out that way. This evening we have as usual Mike and Flick uh, doing worship for us, please come on to that forum, it's really wonderful to worship together. As you know the words come up we can worship spend time together and that is at the normal time of 5:30. and then straight after that at 6:45, we can go into the back room worship with paul and susie and there's communion there uh, again a lovely time of worship so please come on for those worship times uh, at the end of the day, and we can worship together. So this morning is our teaching slot, and this evening uh, our worshipping. Although we do worship in all that we do, don't we? we, so do. we it's a, ho- it's a life it. of worship. It is yeah. a life Let's of worship. be theologically sound. We will be theologically yeah. sound, just for all you theologians out there. Uh, so we had this week two really great evenings, Tuesday evening, Thursday evening, in our Life group and teaching slots. Um, Really great time, and we're all receiving such a lot from that. Uh, Thursdays, we do have a recording, and we're going to try and get Thursdays up onto YouTube. If it doesn't work, Mark's going to do it Basically again.
1: what she's saying is that the, the Zoom recording it didn't uh, work. Did, didn't work, but these technical um, things are not Somebody actually worked. audio recorded it. Yeah. So we're gonna try and sort out yeah. getting the audio recording up. The notes will go up anyway, but uh, yeah. it'll be there.
0: Yeah. It's good that you have the notes because it's all in the notes and it's really great material on healing, a little bit of new revelation that we have got. It's not new but we've just sort of brought it and uh, I know that you'll be blessed by that. So either with the notes or with an audio that will be coming. And But this week coming, uh, because it's half term, there'll be no Tuesday evening and Thursday evening life group teaching. We're just going to have a little break, give Mark's brain a bit of a break and you guys uh, as well, because there's quite a lot of information to write down and meditate on. So have a look at your previous notes. And um, you've um, got the daily
1: videos. They'll be that's right. Out. Yes. just on weekdays at yeah. the moment, but they'll be out yeah. next week.
0: Yeah, that's a really good series. Every day, be courageous. It will really bring the word into your hearts at this time. And one of the things that God has given me, but I'm not going to bring it this morning. It was a follow-on from what I brought last week about remaining in his presence, taking time to be in his presence, uh, being in the word. It's one thing to go into the presence, but we've got to know the word, and then the Holy Spe- Spirit speaks to us through the word. And what I felt that God's been talking to me this week is when you're in that place, um, meditating on his word, it's a place of God in our heart, where the Holy Spirit can talk to us, and we can address the issues of our heart, but also knowing how to guard our heart. So, I'm not going to bring that this morning because today is the last uh, teaching that Mark's going to bring from the series that we've been doing. And again, I know it's going to be a really great word. But I think when you bring in something together, you need a little bit more time. So, he's just going to bring the preach this morning after communion, we're going to do communion after the notices, so get your communion Then, then ready. you can all
1: get excited about a, a, a big session for the show next week, can <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not
0: sure about big, but it, I've definitely got something that uh, will be really helpful. Um, it's helped me, uh, and so I, I, I'll bring it. But I wanted you to give Mark this morning to, to bring you it. You did. I did. You, you did. can pray, see what you've been saying, and, and just bring it all together. But I know right. it's going to be a great word this morning um prayer is on most even actually we have prayer and worship on nearly every day which i think during this time is amazing uh, i love seeing things uh, move in a positive direction i really believe that has to do with what god is doing our prayer what we're asked to do to protect others and i think that's really important as well but it's good to hear positive things come in from the government. We're not there yet, so keep going guys, keep doing what we need to be doing to protect ourselves and each other by faith, uh, by being vigilant and sensible, uh, but let's keep praying. And our prayer and worship times together are so important because as we keep saying every week, as a family we want to be connected and that's really important. So. You know when all of the things are um, contact jewels, if you don't know. Uh, and let's keep going at this time. They'll be on the notices. On the and be on, be on, on the, the notices. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, have we just got the nice one to do now? Or any
1: more? Oh, well, this is a nice one. That's, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. one. We've got a really lovely notice coming up. But
0: we'll do this one first. because this is also uh, a good notice. So you will have seen, last week we launched Mark's first book, uh the rock solid book them. you can tell them go uh, on then yeah okay. go on then okay
1: so the, the, I, I got really excited because uh, <laughs> basically what happened is um after we when we launched this so last sunday yeah. monday uh, quite a lot of people went and bought yes, it yes thank you so if you went and bought it that's fantastic if you didn't buy it go buy it because <laughs> you need one uh if you did buy it go send some gifts to other people because what happened is is this little book from from our <laughs> church Made it to number six on Amazon's Christian bestsellers Yay. list worldwide. So how cool is that? There it was, nestled in between Lee Strasberg and John Bevere. It lasted all of three days in that yeah, position. We took and a great photo. Took <laughs> a quick photo. It's now plunged down yeah. the list. So, but, it, but for a few days it was there. It was in the top ten, and and it was just like, oh my goodness, wow! Somebody's actually bought it. I was kind of like, more than one person must have bought it. <laughs> And so, uh, so thank you so much for yeah. for going out and getting it. If you if you can think of people to send it to as a gift, do go and send it. Uh, better still, two things that, that would be really helpful is share the link on Facebook or share the Amazon link. Send it to all the people you know who who might benefit from it. But secondly, if you bought a copy, go on, put a review on there. Oh, Hopefully, yes. a good yeah. review, um, yeah. and. That will actually then uh, bring it back into profile on Amazon and, and get the message out further. So, so thank you so much for doing that. Yeah,
0: well, Faith Lifers will give you a good review because they know this stuff. And um, I mean, we we're excited that it's getting out there and into the wider community because having written this, we teach this. This is one of the things that the church has been built on. There is such good teaching and revelation in this from the Bible, very biblical, and um, we want to get this into people's hands because uh, we realised before we started Faith Life that a lot of Christians just don't know who they are, don't know who's on the inside of them, don't know how to operate in faith, don't know the authority that they're carrying, don't know the difference between body, soul and spirit, and that is so important. In fact, I'm going to bring a little bit of that when we look at the heart next week, because it's so important to have understandings of what's going on in the inside of us, in our flesh, where our heart is, what is our heart, and the spirit that's always connected to God and is righteous, and it's really important to understand these things, that's just one of many teachings in this book, so if you haven't got it, uh, get a copy, not because we want to be on a, on a list, but because we know that this uh, is life-changing, so,
1: yeah, so w- one of the things that got me, kind of like touched me yesterday is uh, I, I bought a copy and sent it to my mum, so it arrived yeah. in the post, my mum's house and uh, she rang me up and she'd actually already read some of it, and I so that, that's, that's amazing. She's like, oh, I, rem- I remember that happening. I remember w- you, you took that, that at the time. Yeah. And so it is real. My, mum, my mum's now a witness that yeah. it's real, but I think she only got to the first chapter, but hopefully by the end of the first chapter... She says the poem becomes a believer, but she's, she's working well, we're on it. Praying, we're praying. At 95, now. you know, we needed to get there. Yeah,
0: that's right. And I really believe that God is going to use this in her yeah. life. Um, we teach this all the time. We, we, we're constantly teaching this in sessions. and um, It's also being videoed. Uh, I learn something every time I do it. The word of God is alive and it speaks to us constantly. And I love that you can read the same passage over and over and over and over. And the Holy Spirit will keep bringing it and keep bringing something and bring revelation. And it, I always remember. I think um, a I th- no, no, but I'm <laughs> picking someone else up now. Um, Martin Lloyd Jones, yeah. uh, teaching at Westminster Chapel. Mm-hmm. He taught on Romans, the book of Romans, for how, how years, long? Years, years. Yes, yes. He started at the beginning of Romans and he, he taught on it for years because just in that one book there is so much revelation. So it isn't because we've written it, it is the Word of God and we know that it will bless you. So yeah. it's good to big it up
1: because it's good, solid material. Right, that's done now. Right. Yeah, go
0: on. <laughs> we need to move on and we need to get to communion together. So, but before we go to communion, uh, we've got just a lovely announcement and a congratulations and we just want to give a big shout and a clap and just send so much love to them. It is Maggie and Phil Garner's 45th wedding anniversary today and we are just Maggie and Phil, we love you, we send many congratulations. We send our love to you. I know the whole of Faith Life will be sending their love to you at this moment. We have known Maggie and Phil for many, many years, and we see in them this wonderful couple that have such a heart for God, but also for each other. And um, Maggie and Phil, we thank you. We love who you are, we love what you do together. You are always together in so many ways. And so this morning congratulations and happy 45th wedding anniversary we love you and we just bless you and father i thank you for maggie and phil i ask i thank you that you have been with them through the whole of their marriage journey and they are who they are and together because of you in them and i ask that you will help them celebrate this day although They're in their home and it's not easy to celebrate with others, but I ask that you are with them, that they will have a good day, that they'll have a a good week celebrating in all the other things that they will be doing. And we bless them. We thank you. We look forward to uh, all that you are going to do through them in their future together. So bless them, Father. May your face shine upon them and your peace be in them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Okay, so we're going to share communion now. Um, We're doing this every week, just remembering the the incredible sacrifice that Christ made for us. But also that, you know, in remembering him, that he did that because he loves us. And in doing that, dying for us and then rising again to new life, he provided us with everything we need for life and godliness. So as we share communion together, you just need to get your your wine or your grape juice or whatever you've got, get your bread. Hopefully you've got it in front of you. If not, just scurry off, get it quickly. Cheryl's scurried off. We're back. You're back. Uh, We've got ours ready. But um, it's so important that we, even though we can't meet together, we still share this together as a family. And that's why we're doing it every week. Um, I'd encourage you to do it every day just as families, um, because there is, in, in remembering our covenant with God, this blood covenant that we have with God, that we remember that he's provided for our healing, he's provided for our protection, he's provided for uh, all that we need, he's provided uh, for our finances, so by the t- this moment, when, when the world is worrying about all these things, we don't need to worry, we just need to, to receive and trust God. So yeah. in sharing this communion this morning, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to uh, trust God. We're going to receive and remember that, that he is our source and that we have all that we need. And so we don't need to worry. We don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be fearful. Amen. 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 So, are we ready. We're ready. We're ready. So this is his, his body, the representation of his body. He told us to remember this, that his body was broken for us. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided a perfect sacrifice, a completely complete and perfectly perfect sacrifice. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. in sharing wine this is a remembrance of his blood shed for us his blood that completed the old covenant and brought in the new his blood that was uh, shed as for our sins that was uh, that, that wrote that covenant in blood and we just thank you lord we thank you jesus we praise you amen amen
0: Father, as we have taken the bread and the wine, we remember what Jesus did for us at the cross, that he provided a a way for us to be restored to you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you went to the cross even though you knew it would be hard. We thank you that we are your joy set before you. And we receive from you today what you have provided through that sacrifice. We thank you that the cross and your blood covers us and gives us what we need, whether it's healing, provision, deliverance, salvation, so we thank you, in the name of Jesus we pray,
1: Amen. 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 So we're just going to uh, take our offering now, you know the format by now, um, obviously we can't physically do our offering so we need you to uh, not only be consistent but actually to, to find a way of getting uh, that finance to us so that we can um, keep on paying our bills, so that we can help people within the church, so that we can uh, really uh, care for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that, that God has something to work with that he can multiply and take and use for his glory in the kingdom. So um, you can uh, give by direct transfer into the bank account. The account is, co- is Faith Life Church. Cambridge, Faith Life Church Cambridge, uh, sort code 201722. That's 201722. And the account number is 70093084. 70093084. Or an easy way of doing it is that you can uh, go to our webpage www.faithlifechurch.org.uk, uh, click on resources, and that under the resources there's a giving tab, you can go there, it's easy peasy, uh, that's how I do mine, uh, I've already done mine, um, and, and it's so easy to use, so if you want to do it that way, that's, that's easy for you as well, I'm sure that you, the techies amongst us can just whisk through a few buttons on your phone, do the bank transfers and all that, for us that can't, it's just as easy to go to the webpage, uh, give online, if you can't do any of that, or you don't fancy any of that, or it's just not the way you do things, then you can always stick a check in the post. And so checks payable to Faithlife Church, uh, just send it to the office, and we'll get it to the bank. So Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are our provider, yes. you are our source. Mm-hmm. And we take of your blessing now, Lord, and we give it to you yes. as our first fruit. Not the leftovers, Lord, but our first fruits, and we give to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 So, I'm not going to move anything this week. No, don't move (laughs) anything. Got your watch ready? I've got my watch ready. So I'll pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that And we can rejoice because of you and knowing you today. We thank you for all your provision that in each week you are with us. And we thank you that your word is in our hearts. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you will prepare our hearts right now. We want to be able to receive from you. And we want our hearts to be soft, not hardened. Holy Spirit, right now, just prepare us. As we just take this moment, prepare our hearts to receive. And I ask that you will anoint Mark now, anoint his words, the words that he brings, that you will speak through him, that we will hear from you through Mark. Help him to have a clear mind, to remind him of what you have shown him as he's been studying with you. And as he brings the words, Holy Spirit, put your life on them. So we thank you for what we are going to receive right now. We know that from you, it is always good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Okay, so this is uh, kind of the last in this series that we've been looking at about, we called it Burn, uh, but it's about uh, how to uh, keep your fire for God burning strongly when the world is trying to put that out. And so we, we've looked at various things and I don't intend to go back over those, If you, the, the easiest way of doing that, go and, go and listen to the previous talks. But I just want to bring it all together this morning because this is this is kind of the last thing that, that God's really uh, laid on my heart on this. And it, I, I think it, in, in many ways it's the most important. So, uh, you know, it, the, the previous week's kind of the build up to this. And, and this morning I'm going to talk about something that you don't hear talked about very much. And you don't hear it talked about very much. Despite the fact that the Bible uh, discusses it or talks about it in excess of 300 times and so it's surprising we don't talk about this very much and this morning I'm going to talk about the fear of the Lord and uh, you know when we've been talking about um, this uh, idea of, of, of being on fire for God, being passionate for God you Know rekindling that fire that was once in our heart. We've been looking at our, our theme verse from Second Timothy where he tells Timothy to stir up the gift that's within him, and we, we've learned that that stirring up means to rekindle. Do what you need to do to get the flames burning strong again, do what you, you used to do to get those flames burning strong, and, and sometimes that. that you know, we, we know in our hearts that we, we kind of drift and, and through all sorts of things uh, our flames get a bit doused, they, they get a bit dampened down and we've looked at that in previous weeks. Now we've looked at all the elements of the fire and I've been using this illustration of a, a log burning stove. So in, in our house we've got two log burning stoves, they're, they're big black things. Uh, they've got all the vents and the, the door that you open to put the logs on and all the rest of it. And I want you to, to for the moment, to just picture one of those log-burning stoves because that is the environment in which the flame burns strong. Now, what happens with with our log-burners, is particularly the one in the kitchen, is you light this fire inside it, you get it going strong, and the stove itself, Gets really hot, and the heat, the effect of the fire, isn't coming straight from the fire. It's been radiated by that which contains the fire. It gets radiated out because that which contains the fire is, is heated up and radiates what what is going on, and it's the same. We, with the, the things that we've been talking about, the thing that contains the fire and then radiates it so it has full effect is the fear of the Lord. So I want to, I want to look at that this morning and, and go through that. I'm going to look at a few verses. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to rush it, but I think it's, it's really important we understand this because whenever you say things like the fear of the Lord, people get all like kind of. And like, oh, well, that doesn't apply to us today. That's an Old Testament thing. Or, you know, that's old religion. No, it's not. It's New Covenant. As much as it is, it's throughout the Bible. And so we need to understand it. We need to look at it. We need to know what it is. And we also need to know what it isn't. So let's start. Go with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I'm going to begin at uh, verse 40. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word, this is, this is the preaching of Peter, so is result of the preaching of Peter, were baptised, and that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. I mean, that's 3,000 people in one day. The, the power of God is present, but something else is present. Something else is happening, rather than just being uh, Peter's words or them seeing some manifestations of the Spirit. Something else is happening. And, they come to, and so what did they do? How did they respond to the fact that there were 3,000 people now in the church on day one? They continued steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now listen to this. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the Apostles. Now notice that the fear came, and then the wonders and signs were done. So it's not talking about fear coming as a result of the wonders and signs. It's all coming together. Now, that word fear, well, let, let me just go on a little bit uh, to uh, verse 47. So I'll read verse 47 as well. Praising God and having favour with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, here's, here's the point that, that I want to make. This word fear is the word Greek word phobos. Now, that's the word we get, our English word, phobia for. And what it's trying to convey is it's not try, it's not necessarily conveying terror. What it's conveying is something that has gripped hold of you. Uh, that it's something that, that's got a hold of you and isn't letting go. The original word means to... It, it, it's kind of slightly different. It means to withdraw from, to separate from, or to avoid something through feeling that you don't match up. It can also mean, and does mean in, in, in many uh, contexts, reverence, awe, and deference. So, what we've got here is not terror, we've got awe and reverence and something that separates out. It separates out where our hearts are. It, it tells us something about our hearts. And that awe, that reverence, and this, this, this separating, uh, dividing of our hearts, what it was producing was a, 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 an atmosphere in which people were being added daily. Now, I want you to see something. The, the people who were fearing... So, uh, going back to verse 33, then fear fear came upon every soul. The people who who this was affecting wasn't just the disciples. It was all the people. So, they went from uh, verse 13 in the same chapter when they're they're, they're laughing and mocking the disciples and accusing them of being drunk because they're speaking in other tongues that they don't understand. Uh, They've gone from that to... Knowing that that there is something supernatural happening and there's this sense of reverence and awe that that comes upon them. And they're separating out of where their hearts are. And and, and they're the people who were previously mocking. Now I want you to see something. that, That this fear came from an environment, a place where the disciples and all those new converts were doing the basic disciplines of Christian faith. They were uh, listening to the apostles' teaching, uh, following, learning their doctrine, learning the doctrine. Doctrine, there isn't a religious thing. Doctrine means uh, it, it means to, to teach them all the elements of. They were following that. They were fellowshipping with each other. They were in prayer. Um, and they, they were, they were baptising people. And all that is a normal environment of... A Christian believer and it's those core disciplines that we've been talking about in in previous weeks and and that creates something when when we engage in those individually as a body it creates something which is that the Holy Spirit is able to reflect in us and move through us to produce the fear of God in others that there's that awe and that reverence and that dividing of hearts that takes place. And it comes out of something, a work of the Holy Spirit in us as we follow those basic things we've talked about in previous weeks. So I want you to, in terms of drawing it together, the the, the thing I want you to remember is this. The stirring up of what is in us produces a fire in us that causes the fear of the Lord to come upon us and upon others. So that stirring up produces the fire that causes the fear of the Lord to come upon us and come upon us. And that fear of the Lord is that reverence, that awe, that deference and that dividing of hearts, that, that, that separating out. So I just so hopefully that, that gives you a context of what I'm going to be talking about this morning. So go with me and we'll just dig into how this works. So um, Because we don't talk about it very much, we tend to... Put it on one side, not really understand what we're talking about and not understand really what what, what, what is happening. So go with me to Psalm 31. Psalm 31 and I'm going to be at verse 19. Psalm 31 verse 19. How great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. There it is again. Which you have prepared for those who trust you. Now what I want you to see here, and it's really important, we we put this right up front, is God has prepared good things for those who fear him and those who trust him. So the intention of this thing called the fear of the Lord is not to bring bad things or to punish. The intention that God has for us living with reverence and awe and letting him separate out the things of our heart. His intention is to produce good things in our life as a result of that. And it says that they have been laid up or stored up for those who reverence him. And I I read that and I got really excited about it. And it just gave me this picture that God's actually been working on storing up good stuff for me. And storing up good stuff for you. He's been working on it. He's, he's got his... His storehouse is full. There's a, a, he's the God of more than enough. He's the God who supplies. He, he's got really good things stored up for each of us. And not only that, he goes on to say, which you prepare for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. In the presence of the sons of men. Now, look at that. Look at that. So, what's the thing we saw in Acts chapter 2? That. The sons of men, people who don't know, get no God, people should see his goodness coming to those who reverence him. And as a result, they should be able to see and respond and be challenged in their hearts. And that's just like, I mean, that's just such an awesome thing. It's just such an amazing thing that God's talking about there. And so we we have got this this this, 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 thing, this idea of the fear of the Lord that from these verses that it's about actually the environment in which the goodness of God thrives and we access the things stored up for us. So that that's that's in itself is exciting. But then it, it came to me. So you know sometimes well a lot of the time we can be kind of flippant. We can be kind of casual with God. We can kind of think the way we live doesn't matter. We can kind of think, well, you know, what does it matter? You know, Jesus died for me. I'm a Christian. My sins are forgiven. I'm going to heaven. What, What does it matter? And you know, some people have got hold of that idea and some people have started talking about that and proliferating that idea until people are actually bothered about how they live. They they just go, well, I'm going to heaven anyway, so what's it matter? It matters. It matters hugely. And, you know, when, when we talk, it's almost like you talk about the fear of the Lord and people go, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, yes, it does. Because if you think about what would be the opposite of the fear of the Lord, Then it opens it up to us. So if you think about what would be the opposite of the fear of the Lord. So I was thinking about that. And these are are the words that God dropped into my spirit. The opposite of the fear of the Lord is disrespect for the Lord. Taking God lightly or flippantly. Treating God as an accessory rather than the centrepiece of our life. And when he, when he showed me like that, I, I thought, oh my goodness, I, I don't want to be that sort of person. If, that, if that's the opposite of the fear of the Lord, I don't want to go there, you know. And, and when you look it up, in the, those words up in a thesaurus, you come out with all sorts of things. Unholy, without faith, without trust, irreverent, not valuing, not caring about. And so we don't want to be that, do we? So we need to be at the other end of the spectrum, which is called the fear of the Lord. Because we don't want to be all oh, lost, i I don't want to take God flippantly, I don't want to disrespect him, I don't want to think he's valueless, I want to put huge value on him and have him at the centre of my life. After all, I gave him his life, my life, he is the Lord of my life. But... Having said that, what I want you to understand is that the fear of the Lord is the place where faith accesses the goodness of God. It's a healthy place. The fear of the Lord is a healthy place for the believer. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 14. uh, Verse 26 and 27. I'll just show you this. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. I want strong confidence. His children have a place of refuge. There's a place of protection here. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Who wants more life? Who wants the, 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 the health and life of God throwing through them? To turn one away from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord turns us away from the snares of death. Go with me just a little bit further. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord, our riches and honour and life. There's something about our reverence for God and letting him divide our heart uh, and, and our awe of him that positions our faith to receive the fullness of what He's made available. Now, there is a fear of God that doesn't produce any of those good results. There's a different type of fear. There's a, there's a terror of God. There's a paralyzing fear. There's an oppressive fear. Um, and, and that that comes for many, particularly people who, who do not understand the, the incredible sacrifice of Jesus and people who got caught up in churches and in religion. And... That fear is unhealthy. That is fear gone wrong. It's twisted faith. It's faith in receiving harmful things rather than things for your good. Uh, you might remember Jesus tells a, a parable, doesn't he, about the, the servants who got different uh, amounts of talents, and one of those servants goes off and he buries these talents. He buries them in the ground, and when the the, the master comes back and asks him why he's done nothing with all the good things he gave him and the servant says because I was afraid of you you're a master who, who takes where he hasn't given, you're a master who receives where he hasn't planted and, and, and I did basically I was afraid of you so I buried it in the ground uh, and I didn't use it and Jesus says that's the wrong sort of fear you don't understand the heart of the father if you've got that sort of fear That's not the fear of the Lord, that's terror of somebody who is a false picture of the Lord. The two are really different. And and that second type of fear, the one that that servant had, doesn't have a productive end. It has an unproductive end in our life. It doesn't produce good things in our life. Now, here's here's the point to, to try and draw this... To, to the first conclusion, God takes pleasure in hearts that have reverence and awe towards him. What that means is that a heart that has reverence and awe towards God, rather than flippant, treating him flippantly, rather than disrespect, rather than not valuing him, rather than not having him a centre of the life. life. What, what it's saying is that is the environment in which the Holy Spirit thrives. That is an environment in which the fire burns. I'll I'll just show you that quickly. Again, as I said, there's over 400 references. It's kind of um, right through the Bible. Psalm 147, verse 10 and 11. He does not make delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of my man. So basically... God's pleasure isn't in what we can do by our own ability and own talents. But God takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. So those who who, who put their dependence on God rather than themselves and trust him and believe him, that's where he gets pleasure. That's what makes him happy. That's what gives him joy. Now, here's kind of my concern. And, you know, I'll be straight with you. I'll be frank with you. My concern is that, could it be that in our our Christianity, in this modern generation, that in our desire to make God approachable, we become too casual in our hearts towards God? And that would exp- if that were true, that would explain to me why so many in the body of Christ have so little conviction. You see, I think we in, in trying to make Jesus acceptable or approachable, one of the things that that happens is we forget that we are not only loved by God, but we are also accountable to God because he is our Lord we gave him our life you know one of the the greatest messages I think that has been uh, unveiled in in the church in the body of Christ in the last 25 years or so is the father heart message of God now the father heart message of God is an incredible message it shows God's heart towards us And it is so important that that, that as a body and as individuals, we grasp that. But somehow, at the fringe of that, because we have this inertia and tendency to try and uh, change things around and and, and overemphasise things, we can go to extremes with that message. And you see... The Father Heart of God is an incredible revelation about what his heart is like. But it's not the whole of the message of the Gospel. And and so when we do that, we forget that the Father, who we treat him flippantly and almost behaving childishly towards, is also a Father that calls us to maturity, to take our position as... And on the right hand side of Christ exercising kingdom authority you see that father the father with the father heart of God is also the king and, and so, somehow we, we can just get this picture of God as father and forget he is also king so my father is the king of the universe He's the one who rules the heavens, he's the one who created the heavens, he's the one who rules over everything, he's the one who made me, he's the king. And when he walks on the room, my proper response, when he comes with all his glory, all his power, when when he comes in the fullness of his spirit, my response is to fall before him and bow the knee, not to run around playing in the sand and with my Duplo toys. Because he's the king, and he comes as king. His heart towards me is his son, he's a father heart, but he is also the king. And and that's what this, this idea of the, the fear of God is so important because it reminds us that he is king. He is Lord of lords, king of kings, and to him be the glory, all power, all authority, forever and ever. Amen. And that is just so important for our generation, our church generation to know. Because we I, I just have this, this concern that we have gone too far in trying to make God approachable. So that we have lost the power of knowing who he really is. That he is the one who rules the universe. All things are for his glory. And he fills all in all. That's who he is. So I want you to now go with me to kind of what is my main uh, passage this morning. I want you to go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me just find that. 1 Peter chapter 1. towards the back of your Bibles and I'm going to read verses 15 to 19 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 to 19 but he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy now just say, just for a minute just take a pause here and go this is in the New Testament This is after the cross. This is Peter talking to believers. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold for your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as is a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now what's that saying? It's saying, be holy as I am holy. Just like, how can I put it? He is holy, so we should be holy. What this is saying is, just as just as Jesus is holy, just as God the Father is holy, the goal of our faith, the goal of our life, the, the, the overriding goal that God is at work in, in, every single one of us, is to make us like Christ. You know, Romans says that we were predestined to be conformed into his image. Our destiny is to be conformed so that we look like Jesus. And God is at work, through the Holy Spirit, in us to bring that about. And what, what he's saying is, in all your conduct... In all your behaviour, uh, in your manner of life, what, what that, that is that is meaning is this: you say man, that idea, manner of life, in your conduct, the way you conduct yourselves through the time your time on earth. What that's talking about is how a person behaves in every different situation. In their going in, they're going out. So what he's saying is our, our entire, the entire lifestyle of a believer should reflect holiness. Because the Holy Spirit is taking the word of God to produce Christ-likeness in us. So he was holy, so we should be holy. Bottom line, when it talks about our father, if you call on the father, holiness is a family trait. Holiness is in our DNA. It, it's what a what Christian born-again DNA is trying to produce in us. And God is both Father and He is Judge. Now, what, what does that mean for us? Well, it doesn't mean... this. He's not talking about salvation. And this is where people go, well, I'm not bothered then. Because Jesus died for me, my sins are forgiven, I'm going to heaven one day, it doesn't matter. Yes, He does. Because God we all will give an account of ourselves before god for what we did with what he gave us and you go well what's that well you find that there is also there's a judgment for salvation for the unbelievers but there is also a judgment of believers for reward so god who is father judges with a father heart his children in order to reward his children. And his objective in this is to get as much reward to us as he can. That's why he's trying to produce Christ-likeness in us. Because that's, that's what, what he's doing. His aim, his goal is to get reward to us when it comes to that account of, ca- accountability judgment. And he, the way he does that is to, to work in us to produce Christlikeness. And the, 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 that, that allowing him to do that so that we can receive the reward of what he is doing is called the fear of the Lord. That's, that's how it works. You see, the, the biggest, you, you guys all know that I, I, I have the grace message just written through me. It's like a stick of black pearl rock. It's written through me. You know, there is no gospel without it being the grace message. But sometimes, in fact, too much, we can, we can take that to the point where we think that in this life there are no consequences for what we do. That is a misunderstanding of grace. And that is why so many people then get disillusioned with God. You see, grace does not remove everything out of our life. Grace sets us free from law, but that does not mean there are no consequences for what we do. And you go, oh, I'm not getting this, Mark. What, what are you saying? How, how do I understand that? Well, let me, let me for the, the last 10 minutes or so of this, try and explain to, this to you because it is so crucial. And, and if we don't get this, we, we, we'll not see those rewards we should see because we won't understand that, that process that God is 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 working every second of every day, 24-7, to producing us Christ-likeness. Um, and we need to be able to let him do that. I know this isn't a warm, cuddly message, by the way, but it is the last in the series, so next week we can, we can have something different if you're bothered by this. But I would urge you to listen to this, because this message is life-changing. And it, it, it's because we do not talk about these things, we do not preach these things in our generation, that we have headed, ended up with a generation which is on the whole ambivalent, uh, disrespectful, unholy, and does not have that passion and fire for God that it should have. When we walk out, people are not immediately struck by the fear of the Lord like they were in the New Testament. You know, when Charles Finney walked in a room, people fell down on their knees because the fear of the Lord entered the room. So this isn't just like something that was Old Testament. This is a New Testament thing. And, and that's what God intends. He intends for us to carry the, that 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 power and presence of the Holy Spirit that convicts hearts, that separates hearts, that, that people will respond in reverence and awe. So... How do you explain that and how does that work when, when, when you, you speak grace and you teach grace, which is the right thing to teach? We are not under the law anymore. Grace works by moving us out of the system of law and putting us in a new system called grace. And that new system is based on, it is empowered by, and works solely on the basis of what Christ did for us. We didn't do any of it. It works solely on the basis of what Christ did for us. And that new system, the system of grace, the uh, the covenant of grace. The goal of that is not that we should be children playing with our Jupiter on the floor. It's so that we should be mature believers walking in the full authority and power of the kingdom. Sat at the right hand of Christ seated in heavenly places. Bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth and seeing the fear of the Lord come upon people so that they turn to God. So the new covenant is about practicing our position. Because that's our position. The New covenant's about practicing in this position. Christ 100% paid for our salvation, paid for our sins. We can't do anything to earn it. We can't do anything to pay for it. And we can't do anything to change it. Christ 100% paid for everything. But there is a system still in operation called the system or the covenant of grace where there are consequences for sin. But as mature children, God has moved us out from where those consequences for sin are by imputing the law and judging us and bringing punishment to where there is the wide open space of grace where we make our own decisions. And those wide open spaces of grace, the decisions we make have consequences that we, as mature believers, initiate. These kind of hopefully you are starting to understand where I'm coming from. It's not a system of condemnation or a scoring of sin against us. It's a system where of grace where we. Uh, are free to choose and we also are accountable to ourselves and to God for the result of our choices there, there is no sin holding us back we are not bound by sin we, we the, the power of sin over us has been broken we, we are in everything we need for life and godliness and that's the system of grace that's the power of grace now this is deep stuff but we have to get this Otherwise, we will be unbalanced, and when we're unbalanced, when stuff comes along in life, it knocks you over. Because if you're already standing on one foot, it's pretty easy to knock you off. And so this is why, um, this is why I saved this to last, because it's the deepest. Let me show you this. I've, I've called it the system of grace so far. The Bible refers to it more often as something diff- slightly by a different phrase. And the phrase he refers to it is the law of the spirit in life. The law of the spirit in life. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. And I'm just going to go through these um, to show you what I'm talking about. Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 2 to 6. Well, I'll start with one. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, that's, that's the bit we've established. That's grace. Jesus paid for all that. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So as, as born and born believers, as mature believers seated at the right hand of Christ, we have a choice: do we walk according to the flesh or do we walk according to the spirit? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of flesh, sinful flesh, on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to listen to this, those who live according to flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded, setting his mind on the things of the flesh, is death. To be spiritual minded is life and peace so the point of this is that the system that we were born again to is called the system of grace or the law of the spirit of life and setting our mind on the things of the spirit brings life if however we walk according to the flesh There is a natural consequence in that system which in effect we have brought in judgment upon ourselves, which is called death. There's a direct choice. Go with me to Philippians chapter 2. I'll show you this again. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with, here we go, fear, the fear of the Lord and trembling. You know, this is serious stuff. Work out your salvation with, with, with that reverence of the Lord and that, that desire and caution and guarding of your heart not to get it wrong. For it is God who works in you to both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You know, do all things without complaining disputing that you may become blameless and harmless. Children of God may become blameless and harmless. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast to the word of life. Holding fast to the system of the spirit. Holding fast to the law of the spirit of life. Holding fast to the grace that you have. So that it might may, may rejoice in the day of Christ that I am not running vain or laboring vain. What, what's what's Paul saying? There? He's saying I don't want to find I didn't teach you this this well enough that you 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 don't you don't walk uh, and you don't work out your salvation in the reverence and awe of the Lord. Careful not to fall into walking in the flesh, and careful not to bring all these rubbish consequences. Is on yourself by walking in the flesh. Let me just finish and reinforce that with one final verse. You, you know this verse because we—it's it, it, true in so many contexts. It's a kingdom principle. It's Galatians chapter six, verse seven and eight, and and I guess many of you can say this off the top of your head. Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. He is not made fun of. Remember those guys that we started with in Acts, they went from mocking the disciples to the fear of the Lord. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he also reaps. If he sows to his flesh, he reaps of the flesh and reaps corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, he will reap of the spirit everlasting life. Let me just finish up here with an illustration. You can't quite see it, but over to my left uh, is our garden. And if any of you have been in our garden, you know that there's a big hedge there. And uh, you have to get up on a ladder to cut it and all that sort of stuff. Now I have one of these uh, electric um, hedge cutters. Now this wasn't me, but I actually saw this happen to somebody. So, they were uh, cutting a hedge with an electric hedge cutter just the same as the one I've got. And so, you you, you know, be, being an electric hedge cutter, you use to make that thing go, it's not like the shears, you use electricity. So, you plug it in, you plug your power source in, and you go and you use your electric hedge cutter. And you're cutting your hedge, and it's much easier than, than just using a pair of shears. And When when you're using this electric hedge cutter, it's not you that is cutting the hedge, you're just steering it. It's actually the power provided by the electricity. Now, that all works fine, except what I saw, uh, this is years ago, I saw somebody and they were cutting edge. They had one of these electric hedge cutters and they weren't being careful about what they were doing. And so they, they had their wires all over the place. And what happened was this guy, is cutting his hedge, and he managed to go back on himself and cut through the wire. And he got thrown off his steps, and he got thrown back four feet, four or five feet, and just dumped on his back by this massive electric shock. Now, he was all right, but the power of the electricity just threw him off, and, and it hurt him. Now, here's the point. There's nothing wrong with the electricity. There's nothing wrong with the empowerment. The good or the the bad outcome depends on how we use it. And God has given us this incredible gift called grace, the empowerment to change lives, the empowerment for us to become like Christ the empowerment for us to receive the goodness of God, walking in reverence and awe and and fullness, maturity, as his son, his, his daughter, walking alongside him. And he's given us this power. And he said, now, there is no law. You choose. I've given you it. You walk with it. You walk with it. And you know, that power produces fire. A fire in us that will burn in our hearts and never go out. It will be forever lasting life. Not just for us, but for others too. Mm. But that fire is radiated, magnified, and sustained within the environment. Fear of the Lord, where His goodness radiates out from the fire that we stirred within. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for all your blessings. I thank you for all that you have given us. And I pray, Lord, that we would understand your greatness, your glory, your holiness, your purity, your desire to. Give us rewards. Your desire for good things to come to us. That we may experience your fullness, Lord. I pray that we would understand our responsibility and the weight of knowing that we must choose to walk according to the spirit of life and not fritter things away, not be casual, not be, not, value not treat flippantly not to disrespect so that the things of the flesh come in instead so father I thank you I praise you I glorify you in Jesus name Amen Amen Amen. Amen. okay we we're done this morning do you want to come back up here?
0: Um,
1: <laughs> she
0: does. No, only, only that um, I've never seen it quite like that. Just that powerful um, revelation that God has 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 given us grace and just opened us up to grace. We now can step into that grace. we have come out of law and into grace. And then he's saying, I've now, by grace, given you the power to live in the freedom from that law. But the analogy of the guy with the hedge cutters, electricity is powerful and we can either treat it with no fear and just cut through that lead and get the consequences. Or we can reverent that electric cable and say, I need to be careful with this because this is really powerful and how I use it depends the outcome. So if we're careful, we won't cut through it and we won't have the consequences of being thrown five metres backwards and maybe even being killed by the death of that thing if we hold it in fear and treat it carefully, and that's what the word is saying, you are in grace, you make decisions, but God's saying don't walk in the flesh that makes you just cut that power cable, walk in the reverent fear of me, and that will guard your heart to be able to walk in the spirit And use the power that he's given us, use the grace that he's given us for good. And we will be protected in that. Sin, the law of spirit and life is, re-listen to the message, sin is horrible. We are under grace, we are saved. But if we sin, we reap the consequences of that sin. And the consequences of sin is always death. And now we have the power not to do that, not to do that sin. The rest of the world that aren't believers don't have that power. We do. So we should be living and becoming more like Christ. Becoming what Mark said is our position. What is on the inside of us is holy. And we can choose to live from that place, live in the way Jesus lived, use the power that he's given us, follow his guidance, be in the spirit, and produce good fruit. And that's what our Christian walk is about. Not to treat the grace of life, uh, the grace of the not to treat treat grace lightly, but to come before God in reverence and fear and say, Holy Spirit, I want to now live like Jesus. Live from that holy place and reap what the Spirit then will bring into my life, not reaping death.
1: Amen. Amen. So we'll, Amen. we'll just closing prayer and then we'll leave you with some worship. Yeah. So Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are such an amazing God. You are so great. You are so amazing. That you would give us the the responsibility, you would give us the yeah. the ability to to live free. To live free uh, where we are grown up, we are mature, we we exercise the authority of the kingdom. And we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you for entrusting yes. that to us. You are so great. Thank you, Lord.
0: Amen. 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 Yeah, so have a great week. Be blessed, faith Live. Re-listen to the sermon. There was a lot packed in there. Look at the verses. Let the Holy Spirit bring it to life in you. Meditate on it during this week. We bless you. We love you. And we look forward to being with you during the week and next Sunday. Have a blessed week.